everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. And we're really excited today. We are doing our look back at the animated films of 2022. And this is something we do every year. It's a lot of fun. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and my friend Larry is here to join us. Hello. Thank you so much for inviting me on for this. Yes, it's always fun to yes. talk about animated films. And, and uh, how would you say overall you think the year has been as far as animated films? I think it's been actually pretty solid. Uh, once I started composing my list for my 2022 animated films ranked video, I realized I don't really think any of the ones I watched were truly like terrible. Like usually there's at least one or two little outliers for me that I'm like, oof, that, that was a rough one. But this year, uh, I thought, you know, I didn't love them all. Certainly, I didn't think all of them were even necessarily all that good. But there's a lot of great ones that came out this year and not a lot of actually just straight up bad ones, in my opinion. So I think it actually was a, a pretty strong year for animation. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I feel really positive about the year and I didn't, I wasn't really high on any of the Disney films. I mean, I, they they had their ups and downs i guess but yeah. but uh but for me to still feel pretty positive about the year i think says something when i was pretty met on all three <laughs> the <Yeah. Disney> films. <laughs> so that's pretty good <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh there were some really big surprises and uh, some really excellent films and it's gonna be fun to talk about a bunch we're not talking about all of them uh because there's just so many <laughs> But we are talking about 18 of the releases that uh, came out. Yeah, I I made some choices to just go ahead and skip some movies this year. Uh, I just either could, didn't have it in me for like that Ice Age movie. Uh, I was like, oh, I don't know what we're doing here. And then yeah. other ones, I don't know. I just felt maybe like I wasn't qualified to watch like Bob's Burgers movie, even though I heard really good things. I've just never seen even an episode of the show. So I was like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I should even watch this, but you know yeah. how it goes sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Really I like that one. Didn't you? I did enjoy Bob's Burgers. I didn't realize that it was going to be a musical. And so that's always a, well, <laughs> in, in a movie's favor. Uh -oh. <laughs> We all know Rachel loves <laughs> to have her animated films musicals yes, now. That's right. Raya will always <laughs> wish Rachel. they had been a musical. No, Rachel. No. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I actually enjoyed it. And I, I've seen the show several times. I've seen several episodes. And I don't know if it's one of those shows that you kind of have to like get through the first season and then it starts kind of, because I think I have not, it's not, uh, impressed me what I've watched of the first season but a lot of shows are like that yeah. you know the first season's a little bit of a rough you know and kind of testing things out and then it kind of gets its groove after that so I'm kind of thinking that maybe that's the case but uh but yeah it was it was a lot of fun I enjoyed the animation I enjoyed I thought it was funny and uh, I liked the the music was a yeah. huge win for me but uh but let's dive in we're gonna go off of uh your uh your list uh the, the ones that you had seen and uh and let's start with uh with one that was a disappointment for me that was not as good as i wanted it to be 
I didn't really like it was Wendell and wild. And I was really, really looking forward to it because I love Henry Selleck and, uh, you know, he hadn't done a movie in 13 years, but I felt like that it was too, like you spent half the time with the Wendell and wild characters and half the time with the little girl, the little girl. I wish it was all the time with her. I liked her character. Uh, but I just, I found the movie just kind of fractured and all over the place. And I actually didn't love the animation as much as I thought I would, because it had sort of a, a gloss to it that I think took away from the, the, how, how endearing and uh, special stop motion animation can be. I feel like they leaned too much into the CGI. And I know that all stop motion animation uses CGI these days, but I thought they used it a lot and okay. it just all looked kind of shiny to me. Not the way that I want in my Henry Selleck stop motion animation. Yeah, I would agree. This is probably, if not the most disappointing animated film of the year for me, it's up there. I enjoyed it uh, overall. Once again, this is it's just one of those years where a lot yeah. of animated films fell in that. I liked it, um, but I really thought I was going to love it because yeah. like you and a, a lot of people, anyone who enjoys stop motion animation, I feel like you love Henry Selleck. I mean, he's just given us so many like classic, amazing films over the year. And it was another darker story, which he's like, that's his specialty. Um, mm. And we had a, a black young girl lead, which I think is a first for stop motion. So there were so many things I was so excited for with this. Yeah. And obviously the concept looked cool. We were dealing with Jordan Peele, who obviously in live action horror is killing it uh, most of the time. And this, I agree with you. I've actually heard someone say the opposite. They preferred the Wendell and Wild stuff, but I really just wish we had stayed with the girl the entire film. Anytime we cut back to that Wendell and Wild on the devil's head and they're like uh, putting hair cream down for his follicles, <laughs> it's like their weird story. And then the hair cream, you know, it comes back around, I guess, but it's just as. Uh, I didn't like any of that when they were yeah. by themselves. So just, we don't need their backstory at all. I don't think just have them come to be part of her story and pop up in the real world as these little demon uh, ghosts in the real world. And we would have been just fine if you needed that like extra supernatural part of the story. Uh, but as it stands, I don't know, it didn't have enough like funny moments either because even in Henry Salick films I don't know I feel like there's always like that charm to them and yeah. this one this one didn't quite have the charm to go with it it just I don't know it felt like something was lacking like just it didn't have that spark yeah and then the whole plot with the uh the uh embezzlement with the <laughs> the uh, that whole thing I don't know that didn't work that felt like, why aren't we just, why aren't we worried about the little girl? Why aren't we spending more time with the little girl? Like she was, she was good. Yeah. And uh, so I don't know. It just, it, it was just, it was very disappointing. Yeah. He should have structured it like Coraline really sent yeah. her around the girl herself, follow her and what makes her kind of special. Maybe she mm -hmm. has this special power of like seeing and such, but yeah sad yeah yeah <laughs> don't take 13 years again henry salad we do want you to come back and we want another <laughs> classic <laughs> yes uh so next we have 
uh, next we have Paws of Fury, <laughs> the legend of uh, the legend of Hank. And I mean, it was a miracle that this movie even came out. <laughs> I mean, I, I really think that ever since I started covering animation, we saw the poster for this, the blazing, it was called blazing samurai at the time. And I, I mean, I'd heard about it for years, uh, for like over six years, I'd heard about this movie. Finally, it came out. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I think, I do think that very low expectations did help it a little bit, if I'm honest, but I did laugh like a little bit and it wasn't like as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> But, um, I mean, I, I gave it two and a half stars, but yeah, yeah. this is, this is as close as it got for me to like, just being straight up, like, oh no, <laughs> like, this is not it. Um, it, it just wasn't, I don't know. I just didn't laugh. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I maybe chuckled once or twice and in a big old spoof film, uh, that is meant to be a comedy. It's kind of like my number one basis. Am I laughing mm-hmm. or am I not yeah. laughing? And I just, I didn't find it funny. So mm-hmm. that was my main problem. Getting yeah. blazing saddles with animals running around uh, wasn't quite enough to do it for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just so happy for them that they actually got their movie released. <laughs> and I know that's like a really low bar. Of- <laughs> But, yeah. uh, but it was a I, film. It was a, it movie. was a film. They did it. They finally, I mean, <laughs> I, like I said, I have been seeing that, that blazing samurai poster for years, for years. So it's, <laughs> it's finally, we finally got it. They did it. <laughs> <Hey. laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so then one, you have a lower than me, but it was pretty forgettable um you have next uh hotel transylvania transformania and i don't know where i would where i would exactly have this amongst these 18 but um but it's definitely one that like came and went and i didn't think about it again yeah i remembered us talking about it on on the fran cast that we were doing uh we we spoke about this film because obviously fran drescher is part of the hotel transylvania franchise and I don't know, I just, uh, I didn't, uh, missing Adam Sandler wasn't as big of an issue as I thought maybe I thought it would be because I thought the stand-in was fine. Yeah, uh, yeah he sounded exactly like him to me. It was fine. I was like, oh, okay, if you had an Atomi, I actually don't know that I would have noticed. <laughs> Same. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, I just, I thought the the animation was a little garnish. I, I thought the story was a little eh, and the, the jokes were a little eh. It's my least favorite in the franchise because I, I actually overall enjoyed the hotel transylvania franchise um yeah. they're not like the best quality certainly not my favorites of the year ever but they're fun mm-hmm. enough for what they're trying to accomplish and i think this is my least favorite so far yeah i really enjoyed the third one uh mm-hmm. because i i don't know it was kind of my guilty pleasure that summer that it came out i went and saw it like a bunch of times just to be like in a cool theater because it was so hot that summer (laughs) i don't know i just i really love the sparkling animation and i think you could tell that you could feel gendy not being involved in this one yeah yeah Yeah. i think the animation was definitely a step down uh Mm -hmm. from that third installment for sure yeah and just the whole plot of of the one guy turning into a monster and Drac losing his powers and them going to the jungle and it just wasn't a great plot yeah yeah i mean maybe they should have stopped at three 
<laughs> maybe they should not have in taken the stories. No Adam Sandler. This should have been maybe the end of it. I don't know. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, all right. Then next we have the DC League of Super Pets, and this one I thought was fine. I mean, it's like if you're looking for a babysitter for your kids, like it's perfectly serviceable. Uh, but you know, also very forgettable. Like I'm having a hard time kind of remembering. Oh, what was it even about? <laughs> Yeah, this is this is like the epitome of the middle of my list for me was DC League of Super Pets. Perfectly adequate. It was fine. Um, I didn't two and a half. (laughs) I didn't mind watching it while I was watching it. It wasn't one of those where you're like checking your watch ready to leave the theater. Uh, It has its moments. The animation is good, as you would hope. Uh, but it's just so forgettable. Like this is the definition of you watch it, you pass the time and then you never think about it again until you have to include it on two end of the year lists. I had to put it on my superhero list and on my animation list. I was like, wow, they're forcing me to remember DC League of Super (laughs) Pets this year. Um, Well, and and, uh, it has such a great voice cast that it's kind of a shame. I did like Kate McKinnon's little like rodent villain. I thought she was like the most energized person of the film for me. Yeah, the guinea pig. Yeah, the little guinea pig I thought was really kind of fun and ridiculous. But the rest of the voice cast, I don't know. We've just heard The Rock and Kevin Hart together so much at this point. Like that little duo is so played out. I think that's another problem. It's like, okay, well, do we need another Rock and Kevin Hart team up movie? (laughs) I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. Well, and just the story of the pet being worried that the owner has forgotten him kind of a thing. I feel like that's kind of been done a lot too. It was like two plots that are so overdone because the hero origin story, they didn't really do anything to add to that other than their pets this time. And then the the pet aspect of, uh-oh, my pet is leaving me for their new spouse. That's like pet movies all the time. That's like half of their yeah. plots are, uh-oh, I'm getting left behind for someone new. What do I do to win their love back? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, the next one is one that you have a lot higher than I do. (laughs) It is Turning Red from Pixar. (laughs) Yes. Um, I didn't think this movie worked at all. I was really excited for it. I literally had it as my my wallpaper on my phone for a year uh, before it came out. Like, I was really excited for it. And uh, I just thought that the metaphor of the panda was really messy and badly done. And I thought the mother was so, so cringe over the top. It just, I don't know. Like to me, she felt like a very cliched uh, character, um, especially that scene where she storms in uh, to the convenience store. I mean, it was just unhinged to me. Uh, And I don't know, I just, I didn't think it was successful. I wanted to like it uh, in the, you know, I think it's good to talk about, you know, girls getting their period and things like that. I think that that's good, but you have to do it with some degree of like nuance. And uh, I don't know. I just, I didn't like it. Yeah. I really enjoyed turning red. So I did have it much higher, but I mean, I, I think having people on the opposite ends of the spectrum for this film is a good summation of 2022 animation because I think Turning Red 
uh, is one of the more divisive films on this list. I think a lot of people were kind of like us on a lot of these films, just middle of the road animation. Like, that was fine. That was cute. Or else we all love them. Uh, but then there was Turning Red, the film that divided audiences and critics alike. Everybody was, there was so much discourse around Turning Red when it came out. As many people loved it as they hated it. I thought, of course, the anime, you know, with Pixar, do we even need to mention animation in our reviews yeah. anymore? You know, unless they do something completely, you know, just jaw-dropping, innovative, you know, blow your mind. Do we even need to mention it? That's a given. Their animation is going to be top tier yeah. stunning. Uh, I loved the music. I, I went and bought that little vinyl quick from Fort Town. Disney did this like little orange <laughs> special edition vinyl that I bought. I'm a Fort Townie for life these days. What can I say? Uh, and I really enjoyed May and her little group of friends. I actually think it's one of the most successful like young, right in that preteen area. I thought they were really solid together. We didn't really, we had a drama, but it wasn't like this drawn out drama that we usually get with like younger girls. Um, and although they were a boy, I don't know. I felt like I, I could relate. I was a teen at the, the boy band era and everybody was going wild. Every, you know, back in those days, you, your hormones are running a little wild. <laughs> You turn into a big red panda when you see your crush. <laughs> so I thought it was a lot of fun overall. And um, another another story about an underrepresented group uh, going through generational trauma. That seems to be a heavy theme right now that I, I find interesting. Why, why are all the minorities going through all this damn generational trauma in movies? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to I wanted to like all of that, but I just felt like the the whole ritual to like not turn her into a panda or turn her into a panda made no sense to me. Like you don't have any choice over what happens to your body or what you know going through puberty. It's not like you can say I'm going to I'm going to embrace it the panda or not. Like you can't it just happens. So to me the metaphor made no sense. I mean, I I wrote in my review I said the thing is, none of the inspirations for the panda are within May's control. She gets her period, can't control. She deals with anxiety and emotions, can't control. She goes through puberty, can't control. Teens will relate to this, but unfortunately, they don't have a ritual that will stop all of these things from happening. May decides to embrace the panda, but all of us normal people don't get that choice. It's happening whether we like it or not. Evidently, May's mother has been suppressing her panda for years, but then why was the ritual necessary? The ritual allows her to bring it back when she wants to, but then again, how does that connect with actual teen struggles who can't make their pandas come and go when they want? So. Yeah, I guess I took it as a, as a starting point. I thought it started as like, obviously, uh, girls getting their period, but I thought it evolved more into just embracing who you are, I guess. I, I, I loosened the metaphor. <laughs> it allowed me to accept it more. <laughs> about suppression or accepting who you who you mm -hmm. are your inner panda <laughs> yeah so that's what it just I don't know I just like wanted to I wanted to like it mm. I didn't end up liking it and uh, I just felt like the script they needed it needed to go through some more work the script you weren't, you weren't outraged that yeah. we didn't have a 9-11 coverage in turning uh, red oh I that didn't wasn't think part of, of that. your criticism 
Cause no. Then, yeah, that was a ridiculous video. They since recanted, but somebody on YouTube was just so outraged that this took place in 2011, 2001, and this Canadian-based movie wasn't like mm-hmm. full of coverage about 9-11. No, my main problems were the metaphor and uh, and I thought the mother, I said, the mother <laughs> Ming is unhinged and unreasonable. For example, in one scene, she lambasts a convenience store clerk May has a crush on because May has drawings of him in her sketchbook. Not only would this be incredibly embarrassing, it doesn't make sense. Why should he be responsible for her drawings? And is is her like and is her liking him some character flaw? How could she possibly feel this is a correct response to a basic life experience? Also, if you knew this was going to happen, wouldn't you try to prepare your daughter a little bit? Like if you knew the panda like- thing was coming. <laughs> well, uh, I think that, yeah, I mean. I don't know. Some people just stick their head in the mud and are like, oh, uh, I'm not going to deal with that until I am yeah. actually forced to. You didn't like the anime style battle at the end against the kaiju? Yeah, it was Kaiju fun. mama. But I was already kind of, I'd already kind of turned off by that point. I was just like, I, I don't know. It had already lost me. I, this was is honestly my least favorite Pixar film. I just oh. didn't, I just didn't care for it. It's the only one I've given around too all right wow out of everything <laughs> oh yeah i think it, i think in my pixar ranking it lands somewhere mid mid like lower mid range mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. in my overall yeah are you a fan of rachel's reviews do you look forward to family movie night female film critics panels or the talking disney podcast if so please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron as a patron you get to access monthly events such as the watch alongs and Q and A's where you get to talk to stars and find out the behind the scenes of the movie making industry. And you can pick what I review for family movie night, or even become a guest on the podcast podcasts and YouTube channels are expensive. And I really, really could use your help. I would so appreciate it. You also get to be a member of the Facebook group where we talk about all the films that we're seeing and we have so much fun. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies and select one of the Rachel's fan tiers. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Next, we have another disappointing film from (laughs) Disney. We have Strange World. Now, the thing about Strange World that, I mean, I, of course, I did enjoy the animation, but I just found all of the characters to be so unlikable. Uh, They spent, I I did. Yeah. They spent almost the entire movie fighting with each other and quarreling back and forth, back and forth. And, uh, and I just didn't become, uh, I didn't, I didn't care about any of them. And I just got tired of the fighting. Uh, and for me, if you're going to have characters fight that much in a movie, then you really need to make it pay off. And the whole payoff with this big reveal of where they're in with this world is, was so stupid. <laughs> it was so dumb. Like, come on. And as soon as they were in that acid at the very beginning, I was like, Ugh. it was obvious what this all was. And I, I just felt like, I felt like they were expecting this, like when you see the eye for us all in the, the theater to be like, whoa. And like, we were just, me and Stanford just looking at each other like, uh, you know, I thought was that, so, was, so that turned out to be a little, like, I appreciate them trying a different approach with an environmental message, but I thought that one wasn't very successful. No. Because also their solution, see, the the solution they give is no more 
electric anything uh, at the end of their film. And I'm like, okay, that's not a reasonable yeah. solution to, uh, you know, global warming or environmental yeah. issues is not revert uh, back to <laughs> that's not reasonable so yeah. that that's well, why they lost me a little sense. bit in their message <laughs> it doesn't make sense that those green balls i forget what they were called but that that wouldn't have been affecting them as well you know that if it's like so dangerous to this if it's a parasitical yeah. you know thing to this to this creature that it wouldn't also be you know causing them problems as well <laughs> but it didn't seem to be yeah yeah uh, overall and, strange world yeah. it was one that I enjoyed well enough. I think I went like three, three and a half, something like that mm-hmm. uh, on my letterbox for it. And I, I thought it was fun enough. I think my main thing is I just action adventures like this, like old school adventure movies are already a bit of a hard sell for me. Like it's just not my favorite. But I think if I were into those type of films, I would have loved Strange World um, because I thought it was like kind of a fun throwback adventure movie. I thought all the like graphics and the the score uh, the the throwback score was really fun I liked our main character I thought he was pretty pretty adorable and I loved Splat um <laughs> I loved Splat and I loved the dog obviously those were like even above our main character those were probably my two little MVPs of the whole movie were the dog and Splat um but once again I guess I guess our main character is a minority, but that's mostly white men. And so once again, we're dealing with generational trauma. Disney is a little bit stuck right now on generational trauma. This is a lot of films in a row that are dealing with the same topic. I mean, I guess Lightyear didn't, but uh, everything else recently has just been about the same type of thing. And this one was just the, the latest. My big problem, I think, with Strange World was one I thought the the metaphor got a little too clumsy at the end it got a little bit like mm, okay so, so, so stupid it was so stupid. this is one of those times I would have liked a more straightforward metaphor just keep it on you're killing the planet with this uh, and be done like we yeah. don't need that extra layer in the metaphor <laughs> this time around but two I thought they just kind of tackled too much I think they needed to streamline um because there's so many different type of messages or things we're dealing with we're dealing with generational trauma we're dealing with environmentalism we obviously have all of this with the main character and um his the interpersonal relationships we have going on with everyone there's just it seems like there's just a lot that started going on what you want to be in your life it's it's just a little bit too much that our characters and i think that's why maybe the resolution with them wasn't satisfying because they were just they were piling on like thing after thing and you were like oh well, well okay uh we we can stop uh let's let's yeah. get to the mend <laughs> yeah i wrote that i said they do almost nothing but argue the entire picture and that's just not what i want to see from my animated family films literally the most exciting part about this film is when they all get stuck in a closet and the dog has to help them out that's not great for a movie called strange world I did think the the different creatures that was the one part of the like reveal that was kind of fun was mm-hmm. understanding what the creatures were in this biological system I guess um, yeah that was kind of cute kind of cool but everything else about that metaphor I did I agree I did not work <laughs> uh so and it made it I think that was actually part of the reason why it was difficult for them to market because they were so intent on this big like reveal yeah. that they that they that that was part of the terrible marketing uh, is they somehow, I, I really think they thought we were all going to be like, whoa, 
and we weren't. <laughs> um, all right. Next, we have Intergalactic. This was on to Netflix. And, uh, you know, this uh, is it has really great animation. I loved the animation. Uh, but I guess I'm just not really that familiar or that big a fan of this kid cootie the music um <laughs> so it oh, just no. wasn't for me <laughs> oh, no. right yeah. to let the grandma jump out with the kid cootie uh, <laughs> how do you say it is it, i mean cutty cutty okay sorry. <laughs> i clearly i have no familiarity <laughs> with him at all <laughs> it's just not my style of music but it was pretty Yeah, I didn't actually, I didn't know what it was. I just kind of, I had seen one of my friends or two of my friends do like a episode on their show about it. And I hadn't watched it because I hadn't watched the movie, but I was like, oh, I hadn't really heard anything about Intergalactic, to be honest. Uh, And I didn't know until I was, you know, in the throw of it, that it was kind of a correlation project with his actual new album. Uh, So, you know, they wove all the new songs into the movie, which I thought, you know, they vibed with the film well. But, you know, me and romance, uh, that was my main thing. I don't know. It was just kind of a, okay, romance for me. (laughs) It's like, it's supposed to be a rom-com, but I didn't laugh. So I struggled calling it a rom-com. I think it's more of just a romance. Um, I don't think it's that funny. Um, No. And it's, it's, I mean, it's very play by the book, very play, you know, it's, it's a, it's a story we've seen a million and one time. It's a movie. If you like this music, yeah. you're a fan, because the, because the, the songs are really long. Like it, you're right. It's like a, it's yeah. a video album, which is a cool idea. Yeah. So, and I mean, I give it a positive score. I just, uh, not, I've never heard of the clearly cool i never like heard actually of this make a before. narrative yeah because a lot of visual albums they have a very loose narrative to get yeah. from one little mini music video to the next and it's kind of cool to like actually make a movie that's mm-hmm. instead of just putting little music videos together yeah like beyonce's done a bunch of those yeah. lately but they, yeah they don't really have a narrative but they, you know, yeah. they have a so like, was, lemonade and stuff. It's a cool idea. And like you said, I thought the animation was really cool. Uh, it's almost a rotoscope style. Yeah. Um, but not the With one really thing bright thought, colors. Yeah, really. Yeah, I thought it looked really cool. Uh, and that mm-hmm. was that was the main reason to see it, I would say. Because if you like the music, and if you're a Cuddy fan, you probably already watched it. And to just see the visuals, which, which looked yeah. cool. But the story is just there. So then we have Scrooge Christmas Carol and I, I really enjoyed this. I mean, I, it's a musical and it's animated and it's Christmas Carol. That's like all the things that I love. Um, and I was surprised how harsh people were on it. Uh, people, there was one review saying it was unwatchable. I just didn't feel that. I felt like, I, I felt like it had a lot of creativity and I really liked the songs. It had really good singers. Jesse Buckley is amazing um I, I enjoyed it hey this is where i was the opposite i wish we would have cut out the songs i was like mm. Mm, i don't like these songs I don't, these songs are dragging it down for me <laughs> mm. we could have done without the song um and i and so much of it is like things that i kind of appreciate i just didn't love them maybe in execution like these the way we kept going into these like little 
fantasy dreamscapes where we disconnected from all of reality mm-hmm. looked really cool and looked pretty yeah. uh but i i don't know i just again i guess they were correlated with the songs most of the time so i was kind of like oh but <laughs> the mvp one i did really like luke evans i thought he was wonderful as scrooge i thought he actually did a really good job but i loved olivia coleman as ghosts of christmas past uh, yeah, she, she was, was just fun. She was having a blast and she has such an animated voice just as a person. She fits. She's obviously in two animated films this year. The other one, she's a little bit more subdued, her vocal work, which which is what the character called for. But this one, she gets to just have a ball. And I thought she was so fun in this movie. (laughs) When she was also in Mitchell's Wrist of Machines last year. So she's she's fun there. She's she's becoming an animation queen. That that's one celebrity casting right now that I'm okay with because unlike some of these others, uh, um, Mario movie, I'm looking at you, <laughs> uh, where they don't do much to add to the vocal casting. I will say, sorry, to detract just a moment. I know we're all giving Chris Pratt a lot of flack, but I also think as much as I love her, Anya Taylor-Joy deserves quite a bit of flack as well because that peach is not giving me peach at all. It's literally <laughs> just giving me Anya Taylor-Joy. So yeah. I just... I want to say it's not just Chris <laughs> for me, uh, but and Charlie Day. Yeah. Charlie Day just gives Charlie Day. But anyway, well, fine, and sometimes fine. those we'll talk about it with Puss in Boots. But sometimes, the, sometimes the celebrity voices help, and other times they just are really distracting. Yeah, uh, and uh, but, I think this film did it did it well. Actually, Scrooge, you know, it's full of celebrity. Like you said, Jesse Buckley, Olivia Coleman, Luke uh, Evans, yeah. everybody. You know, it's a lot of pretty big names here, and I actually mm-hmm. think they all came and delivered yeah. good performances. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was. I, I was surprised how harsh people were i think it's just on it i mean i think it's it. just we've had a lot of great ones we've had a lot of terrible ones too uh we've just seen a christmas yeah. carol obviously about a million and, five and this times. year in particular <laughs> you know with spirited which i loved uh and a bunch of other tv movies uh it's just been a christmas carol on everyone's mind this yeah. year it's hard to stand out and i think that's kind of <laughs> where this one this one it tried to do new things which i appreciate but it's still kind of just like okay it's there yeah well let's talk about Lightyear. Speaking of celebrity voices, <laughs> Big, the mean, controversial celebrity voice yes. of the year. <laughs> I mean, this movie just didn't make sense to me. I don't understand what they were trying to really do. I, 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 I wish they had just had it be spaceman movie, the movie, not Lightyear, but it's like not Lightyear. It's like a different Lightyear, and it made no sense. The whole thing of them. It being Andy's favorite movie when what was he like nine at the first Toy Story? It that it doesn't make sense that this would be his favorite movie. Um, and I mean, there were otherwise, if I take all of that, which to me was can distracting, everything Toy Story about this movie was distracting. If it had just been Spaceman the movie. I would have liked it better, but the the third act reveal was really lame with the, with the villain. It made no sense in Toy Story lore. Uh, I mean, that third act reveal was probably the worst part about this whole film because it literally goes in the face of everything we've known about Zerg as a character. Yeah, Uh, he's supposed to be his father. (laughs) Hello, you've literally made films with Zerg in them. Um, (laughs) 
what? Uh, what? Yeah. Make no also, sense. though, when you think of it as like a thing, there's no way that that little cat wouldn't have been a toy from this film. That would have been like it probably was here in the real world. That's the marketing, like with Buzz. Yeah. The cat is the next toy that Andy would have gotten from yeah. this movie. <laughs> and yeah, and they're like, oh, well, he couldn't afford the cat toy. And it's like, wait a minute, he could afford the fancy Buzz Lightyear toy. And he got those for presents anyway. Yeah, it was a Christmas. You know, or birthday his, present. it doesn't make it just it was a bad idea. Once again, yeah, I, I know it's redundant, but I do think the animation was particularly stunning in this one. So while I enjoyed turning red, giving us a lot of anime inspired animation mm-hmm. and going into that kind of more cultural influence with the animation style, yeah, uh, Lightyear returned to the hyper realistic. And I mean, there is some gorgeous stuff in this film. And I do think the voice cast is good overall. Like I, I think Chris Evans is fine in the role, even though that uh, I, it is a bit of an odd choice as well, that the toy wouldn't have the same voice as the actor usually that's part of your contract is you just yeah let, or at least you lend like, a sound bite to the toys yeah or at least a sound alike you know like sometimes yeah. they get Tom Hanks's brother to do Woody you know like you at least you would have that yeah uh my big problem was I just felt nothing you know like once I left the film it was like that was pretty for Pixar I just didn't really I don't think they did a good enough job endearing me to the story they didn't do a good enough job endearing me to these characters so it, it just it felt underwhelming because I didn't feel connected to this. It's true. All. As as soon as I left theater, I forgot about it. And I've yeah. haven't really thought about it since. And that's never been the case in a Toy Story film. I know a lot of people don't like the fourth one. I enjoy the fourth one. Yeah, me too. I've never left a Toy Story film just feeling like apathetic to what I just watched. And that's really what I felt with Light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just a bad idea for a movie. Uh then if you had told me that I would have the Minions Rise of Gru above all three Disney films, I would have said you were crazy at the beginning of the year. I was not looking forward to it at all, but I, I have to call a spade a spade. I laughed in this movie a lot. And particularly, oh. particularly that scene in the plane when they're, when they're flying the plane, I thought was really funny. And uh, I mean, I think this is the best despicable me movie since the original yeah it's definitely an improvement i thought it was really funny it's way better than the first minion oh yeah that they tried i mean that was just such a mess and then um the the third despicable me i thought was really bad um so i (laughs) and i agree so the last two were so bad that this certainly was a very good step in the right direction uh, I think they still have that problem, though, of like, whose movie is this? Is this Gru? Is this yeah. Minions? Because it definitely felt more of a Gru film to me. Uh, he's kind of our main little character, even though he gets captured. I thought that whole subplot was a little bit uh, convoluted. And I think that's my that's my problem with all of these Despicable Me things, is they start just putting in a few too many, like, little plots. Um, thank Hopefully these ones wove together better than something like Despicable Me 3 or Minions, where it literally felt like a three episodes of a TV show just weirdly smushed 
together to make a feature length film. This one, at least the through line yeah. was coherent. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Well, they didn't have all the tawdry jokes that you had in the first minions, like yeah. one of the minions in a thong and stuff like that. Like I just hated that here. <laughs> this was, I don't know. I just laughed like way more than I thought. And do you agree that plane scene is funny? <laughs> Like that was I'm funny. Trying, Come on. I'm trying to remember this plane scene. <laughs> um, <laughs> where they <laughs> I thought that was so funny. That may be my favorite minions thing ever. Oh my. Did you did you minions rush show. out to buy the merch, Rachel? Did you no. did you give in and buy a couple <laughs> minions pieces of merch? No. Have <laughs> they won you over to the fandom? Are you did you put did you meanwhile, really the big cultural phenomenon? The question is. Did you put a suit on and head out with your bros? Yeah, that was so random. Minions. <laughs> that was like one of the weirdest trends of the year was these like teenage boys all putting on suits and going to the theater together to watch Minions. I mean, Illumination, they're just geniuses. I, I mean, mean, they are absolutely amazing. Uh, they get a lot of flack for uh, the films that they produce, but uh, you know, they're making movies for pennies compared to DreamWorks and particularly Pixar I mean, and Disney. Every single one of their movies has been profitable and, and usually one, by a lot. Look this one Sing just Two. barely missed, just barely missed hitting that billion dollar club uh, to join the first minions. So it's amazing. Well, they outsold all of the Disney, Pixar and DreamWorks films of the year. So yeah, yeah. Well, Next, I want to talk about the bad guys. Uh, so this it was our heist uh, movie, I guess you could say. I really enjoyed this. I thought that it was a lot of fun. I loved the action. I loved the animation. I thought that was amazing. It was kind of fun that it was set in LA, and because uh, a lot of animated films are you know set in fantasy mm-hmm. environments so it was fun you could see like landmarks from places that i've been and because <laughs> i went to la three times last year uh-huh. or this year uh so that was fun um and uh yeah i just overall thought it was thought it was a charming fun little fun little movie but i know you weren't as high on it yeah i i have to admit part of it, i think was hype level um because by the time i watched it i felt like it was pretty hyped up uh yeah (laughs) which is always I try to stay away but sometimes it's inevitable especially when you're on film twitter you know you can't escape rotten tomato scores and first reactions all that (laughs) um it was just I felt it was very it was good it was it was a solid film I I agree with you the animation absolutely stunning that was the biggest takeaway for me and honestly dreamworks is the the studio this year that really pushed animation forward in ways that none of the other studios did uh both of their films just absolutely stunning in new ways like they they didn't just rely on you know oh this is pretty great we know we're dreamworks we always give you good animation no they're like even uh boss baby two had some spectacularly animated moments like say what you will about this the plot and the rest of the movie it it was gorgeous and this i thought just took it to another level and really enhanced the film overall Mm. and i thought it was fun it just felt pretty run-of-the-mill obviously on a story wise and the characters themselves 
I guess I'm just tired at this point, and Disney is, is a big reason I'm tired of this, unfortunately for DreamWorks. I'm tired of villain stories not being villain movies. You know, mm-hmm. like we keep we keep we keep pitching these villain movies or the big bad wolf now. And yet they're always not really that bad. None of yeah, them are that's true. ever that's bad mean. at all. Uh, and this film, they're not they're not bad for like 90% of the movie. They start a little bit bad, obviously stealing, but yeah. <laughs> and that's, also that's the, re- a good point. the reveal of that little hamster, uh, you know, I know it's for kids. So we're, we're, we're dealing with kids figuring things out, but he was very obviously the villain right from the jump. They do have another reveal that, that was a little bit more shocking with the mayor uh, Fox that I thought was pretty fun, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's fun. I, th- yeah, I, yeah. I sound like I, I'm like ragging, but it was fun. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I bought it. I bought it on Black Friday. Oh, you did? <laughs> I did. <laughs> nice. All right. Next we have the Sea Beast and I finally watched this yesterday. I finally caught up with it. I don't know why I'd put it off. It just, I'd just been so busy. Uh, I think it came out when I was traveling uh initially uh okay. one of my trips and so that's why i missed it uh but uh but yeah what a really charming movie i really liked the like father daughter kind of uh dynamic uh between the leads and the uh just this like swashbuckling adventure of it all was really fun i enjoyed it and uh and the animation was really great uh i you know i'm a sucker for water um, if you read my uh, Avatar 2 review, you know that. Uh, and, uh, and so I really enjoyed all the, the water animation, which is like one of the hardest things to animate is water. Yeah. No, I was pleasantly surprised with this film. Uh, we talked about it, I think, when we were discussing Avatar 2, just kind of amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for, for these animal uh <laughs> the animal type of film so hello they already have a leg up for me with the sea beast um but one thing this film it delved more into like history I don't know I thought they handled that really kind of in a cool way about like the history books and this is one of those movies where the animal isn't just kind of like a completely innocent party here uh they kind of make it like this back and forth deal so this i mean this sea beast is pretty intimidating and is very dangerous like it's not just a fact of stop you know hunting down these peaceful animals in the ocean uh no they're they're dangerous and they are attacking humans as well so i thought that was a really interesting um way to not make it just like most environmental save the animal type of messages for kids but I agree I thought the animation was surprisingly good I don't know why I guess maybe because it was a Netflix animated film I went in with lower expectations of the animation because you know sometimes they have that kind of like uh glossy you know a little bit under animated look especially in comparison to the studios but this looked fantastic uh especially when you look at like the hair on our little girl I thought her hair was just really well done yeah um I thought they had a really nice friendship and I thought she was a great lead and uh I don't know about you Rachel but I found that lead guy to be one of the hunkiest animated characters we have received in a while. I was like, oh my, he is actually, what's going on with this little animated sea captain here? But <laughs> yes, <laughs> I agree. Definitely very spoonworthy, uh, our hero. Yeah, it was a lot of fun and great music, I thought too. Yeah. Like really got that kind of 
a swashbuckling adventure music. Mm-hmm. I don't know who did it, but it was good. Uh, all right. So then we have from Cartoon Saloon, My Father's Dragon. And I, I enjoyed this. I, I love everything that the studio does. I haven't, they are to me, they haven't had a miss. I thought that this is for, I think, younger children than some of their other films. Like, I feel like this is really pre-K, um, like little, little, little kids. Uh, although it is kind of sad it, and deals with some tough topics, maybe for kids that small, but I don't know. I just felt like the dragon and the animation was very for young, little, little kids. But, uh, but I, I liked it. I thought it was sweet. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, you know, probably on the lower end and probably that is why is it's just uh, a little bit young in its audience compared to their other work. So uh, I kind of mentioned it in my ranking of like, you know, it's, it probably is my least favorite from Cartoon Saloon, yeah. but from that studio, it still equates out to be a, a really solid animated film. And I agree. I don't think they've missed yet. I obviously love this, you know, whimsical storybook, 2D, beautiful animation that they produce. Um, I felt, I don't know about you, I felt like even though we go to this magical island, obviously, uh, which could be seen as purely metaphoric, um, I, I felt like it was a little bit less, it felt less magical than their films usually do for me. Um, even though we're dealing with creatures and dragons and it's all magic, um, it didn't quite sweep me up into the magic, like something like Wolf Walkers did, yeah. for example, where you were just swept up into the magic of it all. And I think that was kind of the biggest detriment. Um, but otherwise, I thought their friendship between our lead and the dragon um, really paid off in the end and, and got you got you in those little emotional heartstrings. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that they they were going heavily off of the book. Mm. There's this like, a, I guess, a beloved childhood book. Okay. And, uh, and I, there are other, well, the breadwinner was based on a book as well, but I don't think it was illustrated. I could be wrong, but, um, but maybe that's the difference is that where the Tom Moore movies are individual are, are new stories, yeah. original stories. And uh, so maybe that's kind of the little bit of a different, uh, there, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was, it was sweet. But uh, but let's talk about uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Now, this is one that I was going to with very uh, low expectations. Again, uh, it, the trailers didn't look good. But then I watched it and I laughed my butt off. I thought it was hilarious. I I really enjoyed the creativity, particularly with Ugly Sonic. That was so funny. And I was so surprised that they got that, that they got, I guess, Sony, I think to allow them to do that um and just that they had the uh, cgi enhanced dale i think it was <laughs> that was so funny and i i thoroughly enjoyed it we did a whole episode of talking disney on it because i enjoyed it so much and uh yeah it's up there and some of my favorites of the year yeah what a surprise i agree with you yeah. uh from the concept you know i was getting very much alvin and the chipmunks from the marketing and i was like yeah oh, God. but then they had the chipmunk like, joke that was so funny <laughs> but then you watch the film and it's great it's so yeah. funny and uh, that's it if this wasn't funny mm, it's fine you know yeah. it's i don't think it's bad because i do think 
the animation is really fantastic and the way they utilize the animation is so good. We have Gumby animation in here, you know, the 3D versus the 2D. We have the bootleg. I I love that that was our, oh, yeah, that was our so like good. villain thing is like that they're turning our beloved characters into bootleg versions of themselves and selling them overseas. Yeah. Uh, it's so well, and they have the whole good. joke about the villain reveals and things. And it's like, oh, yeah. no it's really funny it's a fun adventure uh and you know obviously we see it a lot these days whether it's like space jam or something but i think that the incorporation of the characters we know was really well done here like having the what was it animation con whatever convention it is yeah Uh, having the the big con and all of them are there working their booths and lumiere's there It was it was great, and I thought the voice work was fantastic. Really, uh, one of the biggest surprises in all of film for me of 2022. It was a great time, a wonderful spiritual successor to Roger Rabbit for sure. Yeah, definitely. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Then we had Guillermo de Toro's Pinocchio, and this was such a welcome, uh, a welcome entry after the disaster that was the robert zemeckis one that was terrible uh to get this which was so creative it was so uh interesting the themes that it took on of war and religion and grief and i mean i was just kind of shocked uh, and uh, the animation was absolutely outstanding yeah if you've ever watched any guillermo del toro films uh, he makes pretty much live action dark fairy tales. That's, that's kind of what he does, even in something like Nightmare Alley or The Shape Pan's of Water. Labyrinth. Obviously, Pan's Labyrinth is a big yeah. one. They all have this fairy tale quality to them with the like dark underlying messaging as well that gets you at the end, which a lot of the old fairy tales that Disney wanted to make a lot more happy, a lot of them have that really kind of dark edge <laughs> conclusion to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought, wow, what a perfect fit. One, what a perfect fit for his style to do stop motion animation. And two, what a perfect fit of a filmmaker to tackle a pretty dark fairy tale like Pinocchio. Like the original story is not all that bright and happy, the, the like concept of it all. And it, it was just as wonderful as I expected. I really thought the animation was stunning. I love that he took old like uh native mexican Mm -hmm. designs for like the spirits the sprites uh of like death and then the the one that brings life which were amazing um and we have kate blanchett who literally just voices a monkey like she's literally just so funny 
because I, I knew she was in it and I was like who is Kate Blanchett in this like and I saw that she was a monkey uh, I mean it's really funny to get somebody like her to come on and do that yeah you know you have a good relationship with an actress yeah. if you're like hey we want to voice of my monkey in my movie yes you know she goes from tar to voicing a monkey um, but I love yeah. that it also as you said it tackles a lot of things that we've not seen ever tackled I love that he went with a mm-hmm. setting that felt like a del Toro setting um and yeah. gave us something new for a story that we've all seen done there's a million Pinocchios at this yeah point. when Geppetto says that Pinocchio is a burden I mean my heart just died it was oh. so sad oh to make that word like such a big a big part of the the theme of the story yeah it's it so good and yeah the religious aspects it was like oh uh you know it wasn't wasn't something mm-hmm. i was anticipating going yeah. into a pinocchio film yeah if i mean i do think this is probably for older kids yes. not your younger kindergarten kind of kids uh but i think that you could have a ton of really positive discussions mm-hmm. after this watching it with as a family yeah, which I think is is really good, and the uh, the I liked. I know some people didn't like the music, but I like the music. Oh, Ciao the music. bello, so uh, uh, yeah. Ciao papa. It was like uh, what I think they did well is to keep it from being the you know full blown out musical. I right. feel like they were short, like they were pretty. They they moved yeah pretty quickly. Like that one song when we're introduced to what's his name, uh, the circus ringleader that song could have been annoying, but they kept it short. It was like a quick introduction, snappy musical, and then we're moving on. And um, that's that's the key in some of these. If you don't have amazing music, don't linger on the music. (laughs) I agree. I thought it was was really special. Uh, So then we have Paula Ten and a Half, A Space Age Childhood. And I absolutely loved this movie. It just, I felt like it was so good at, kind of reminding you of reminding me of my own childhood like even though I didn't have I was obviously in the 80s versus the 60s this is set like there were so many spots where I like oh I remember the games that we used to play I remember the the food that we used to our traditional food going to the beach going to the lake in our case it would have been been the lake um I don't know just I just it was so much fun to cover we for talking animation, me and Stanford. And we spent almost the whole time just reminiscing about different parts of our own lives that mirrored in the movie. And it doesn't have a ton of plot. So people that need a lot of plot will probably not be for them. But I, I really enjoyed it. Which, if you look at the credits, you should know it's not going to have a lot of plot. I mean, it's a Richard Linklater film. Right. So you, sh- you kind of have to go in knowing yeah. the plot is not going to be at the forefront of storytelling. <laughs> I feel like I really enjoyed when we were just hanging out. Yeah. Um, I think it, it got a little bit tedious for me in the third act with the space stuff. Um, and I, I got it, you know, it was a lot of like fantasy. How, how, uh, how old was he? 11? How a young yeah. boy kind of views the space launch and, you know, you kind yeah. of do that type of thing. But it, it got a little bit for me in that third act. Uh, but yeah, I, it's another kind of rotoscope style. And that's, yeah. that's what I really loved about 2022 in animation is we got, you know, this Lots and intergalactic. Then we got a 
lot, at least like two or three, I believe, uh, stop, stop motion. motion. We had obviously a ton of the regular 3D, but even mm-hmm. in those, we had stuff like Puss in Boots and DreamWorks really over here doing stuff. And then we even got the mm-hmm. 2D animation. So there was yeah. just, we, we covered the gambit on like everything. And I think that was really special for this year. And it gave us so much to watch and so many different art forms and styles and really showcased, especially in a year when the Academy literally came out and like basically slapped animation in the face with how they decided to present, you know, as some animation as something as parents and us Academy voters just tolerate as our kids watch. In the yeah. Background. And Bob it's- Chapek. <laughs> And then Bob Shapek, who thankfully has gotten the boot <laughs> uh, after I saying, mean, he said, it's unbelievable. He's saying, oh, he watches Little Mermaid with, you watch Little Mermaid and Pinocchio with your, with your kids and then, and then go to watch live action yeah. after that. It's like, it's like, it's outrageous. And after it, you know, we had so many disparaging things, even from the CEO of Disney at the time oh, to get this year that so just mad. showed us what the medium can do, the different styles mm-hmm. we we have stuff like Apollo 10 and a half, which really can appeal to anyone uh, and has a great appeal to adults. Intergalactic, which is purely an adult centered mm-hmm. animation to Pinocchio, which is something like darker adult. And then, you know, the sure. my, uh, my father's dragon, which is much mm-hmm. smaller. So uh, this was just another part of it. And it also mm-hmm. had another a tour director. We had Guillermo del Toro and Richard mm-hmm. Linklater both coming into animation to lend films that felt yeah, authentically I, like the director yeah know? and i think this is the best from Linklater as far as animation yeah um because he's done a scanner darkly and um uh waking life and both of those are very esoteric very philosophic <laughs> uh, and uh and they have their appeal they're fine but this i would much prefer uh we didn't those. get glenn powell in the air though hmm it's like every other film he was in in 2022 he and was I flying do. around somewhere and this <laughs> time true. they didn't put him in the spaceship <laughs> i think that jack black does a really good job though with the narration jack black yeah he was fantastic yeah, yeah he was mm-hmm. great yeah all right next we had well the next two were my co number ones oh. of the year if you watch my best of 2022 i couldn't decide to go back and forth depending on the day which one is my favorite but we have Marcel the shell with shoes on. I absolutely loved this movie. I thought it was so charming and I just loved following little Marcel on his journey to find his family. And, uh, and I loved all the little creative ways that he gets around and does everything. And that was so fun. And I, I, I had not heard of Marcel. I didn't know about the, uh, I didn't know about the YouTube shorts previous, but, uh, so this is my introduction. And I just absolutely loved it. I thought it was so good. Yeah, this is one of those just like really sweet films for the year. One of those that I struggle understanding how anyone could dislike. Like maybe it's not your favorite thing of the year, but it's just one of those films you walk out of. You feel good. You're like, wow, that was really adorable. Uh, You come out loving Marcel as a character. Yeah. I mean, that's how I knew that it was a really great film was when I, cause I was waiting and I was like, is Larry <laughs> going to like this movie? Because you usually don't like things that are super sweet, you know? No. And, and uh, then you liked it. I was like, it is that's proof. <laughs> this is a great movie. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it all hinges on Marcel and his little human companion, but yeah. um, 
you falling in love with him and it's a dangerous it's a dangerous thing because like you said this character was famous what 10 years ago like uh, on the internet I I knew of Marcel the shell I like have seen that little shell before in my life but I never watched it I was not part of that train but it's so hard to make a full length feature out of someone who's famous for these random little shorts on YouTube and they do it and they do a really good job they construct a really fun heartfelt story for him to be going on i love this like grandma character as well she's so good the voice the voice work is fantastic jenny slate is amazing as marcel and the grandma's (laughs) from the garage that's why she has a foreign accent (laughs) yeah and it's actually it's a funny film in a way not like the rest not like and there are jokes but they're just woven into this conversation like they're not meant as jokes they're earnest they're they're meant to be earnest in their delivery and what they're saying but they're so like funny yeah like Uh, I love um, when when Marcel says to Dean like you could help me here (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) sometimes you think of that when you're watching these documentary things like they're documenting these horrible things and you're like oh but yeah yeah, uh but he's just so so i always think of watching disney nature films i was like you could be helping this poor little bird animal like looking back like are you just gonna stand there or maybe you can help me like get this little baby out of the damn uh the salt water uh no Instead of just showing these little birds in the shackles, um, but yeah, yeah no, he, uh, is just so funny. In I, and yeah. a lot of that has to do with Jenny Slate and her delivery as well. Yeah. Like the way she just delivers these lines are so, so good, so funny. I love their um, what's her name? The sixty minutes, um, uh, Leslie Stoll. The Leslie Stoll thing. <laughs> so good. Their love for Leslie, like. <laughs> this big celebrity uh coming to interview (laughs) yeah it's it's great (laughs) it was so good well then my co number one is puss in boots the last wish i this is without a doubt the biggest surprise of the year i don't think any of us were expecting this to be as good as it was uh and especially after the year the dreamers had last year which was not great (laughs) and and then for them to come out with the bad guys which was really fun and then and then this which is spectacular the animation is absolutely astonishing the story is really good uh the character is really good Uh, and we're talking about celebrity voice casting and i've said this for a long time that i felt like antonio banderas's puss in boots is like one of the great celebrity voice castings it 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 completely matches up character and voice uh and i mean i put it i'd put it honestly especially after this movie put it up there with robin williams genie you know some of the great celebrity voice casting uh, tom hanks woody you know kind of a thing and uh and yeah, I just absolutely loved the movie. I thought it was funny. I thought it was sweet. I thought it, I was just awestruck at the animation. Uh, the villain, oh my gosh, was so good. That that wolf was so scary. When I watched it in the theater, there was, anytime the wolf came on, there was this little girl who would like literally just start crying. <laughs> she was like, ah. so like maybe it's too scary. I don't know, but but it was very well shy done. away that's that's yeah, the thing no, they don't didn't. they don't like pull back when that oh. wolf comes in the music that whistling oh, music. he does is like so you don't even need him on the screen just that whistle you're like oh like your hair True. starts to stand up kind of like puss in boots with his little hair 
<laughs> yeah but yeah I was stunned at the animation yeah. I you know like I said with the, the bad guys you expect DreamWorks to be beautiful in their animation you know they're one of the top animation yeah. studios in the world but I was just so pleasantly surprised to see them continue to just push boundaries what they with what they were doing on the screen and this was amazing the different animation styles that they brought in here just all enhanced it wasn't it never felt like a gimmick I think that's that's where you're sometimes scared with when they bring in 2D animation to just like pop something up on the screen or do like these weird little things none of it at all like literally aided the story and the storytelling and aided in your viewing experience and what really shocked me actually was the story because I believe we talked a little bit about this on our the review we did together with Patrick mm -hmm. uh the Shrek film's not necessarily known for story per se like the story's there and it's good but it's a lot of the humor it's a lot of yeah. you know just making it's, the parody. it's a big parody yeah and even the first Puss in Boots was a, it's a it's a very cute film I, I enjoy the first Puss in Boots but it's a very run-of-the-mill type of story yeah. uh just kind of a swashbuckling adventure with Humpty Dumpty yeah. and this really shocked me at how heartfelt and mature that this story was a really relatable story obviously again for adults to kind of take yeah. but a good story for kids to get um mm -hmm. as well that it won't go over their head yeah i mean i said i actually think there's a lot of similarities i think i could do an interesting video if i had time the similarities between gilmo de Toro's pinocchio and Puss boots the last wish i mean they're both about characters confronting death they both had death as a character, uh, they, uh, or at least the gateway, you know, yeah. to, to gatekeeper to death. Um, uh, and, uh, they both explore similar themes about what makes, what is, you know, hu humanity, what makes a life worth living, all of these things. Even ideas and, about uh, family. So yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting, uh, that those comparisons, uh, and I don't feel like I'm hearing a lot of people say that, but but, uh, but yeah, the action was incredible. Uh, and little Perito was just so cute. I absolutely loved that character. I just can't say it. Like, I, I don't know the first, like when he's introduced, I was so nervous yeah. uh, sitting in the theater. I was like, oh God. Okay. What are we doing? Like, cause that's one of those side characters that easily like yeah. very easily could have been really annoying like and just have nag through the whole film and instead they turn him into basically the heart of the whole movie mm -hmm. and yeah. you like fall in love with this little dog and even when he's saying ridiculous things um he still has this wonderful charm like when he's yeah. telling when he's telling the story the hide and seek story with oh. his family that throws him in the river uh you're just like oh, oh okay <laughs> As she's, yeah. I mean, and part of it is I love their reactions to him. Uh, like at one point, uh, Kitty Softpaws tells him like, oh, do that again. And that's how you get stuck in a sock and thrown into the river. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, and I loved well, Florence Pugh. I thought did yeah, a fantastic job with her voice. Uh, once again, what a great, a really energized vocal performance from her um and olivia coleman back and that again. dynamic of the another family dynamic yeah. in the story and an you unexpected know, one i didn't yeah i didn't really expect that from that subplot and i thought they yeah. handled it really really well and most so everything they handled really well and i it was just so exciting because I saw it on a screener link and, you know, I was very disappointed by a lot of this, the Oscar screeners, but I'm going through watching movie after movie after movie. 
And, uh, you know, I start this and I, I just, it made me want to cry it, like, cause it was so great and it was so unexpected. And it was just like, wow, yay, this is what it's all about. This is what, and I, you know, and I have been like trying to promote it as much as I can on my Instagram and, and my social media and all that stuff. Yeah. Just cause I feel like people are going to look at it and be like, oh, you know, Another it's a cash one. grab sequel and be yeah. like, no, it's not. I know so I've been, we're I've already so relieved that everybody pretty much has agreed. We're, we're already kind of seeing the effects of that. Like, yes, it, it's a little tough because, you know, most of the country has been hit with this like Arctic blast in one way or another. And yeah. we're all, theaters have been closing and, you know, <laughs> we're not able to leave our house without getting frostbite. Mm -hmm. um, so theaters, have, movies have certainly been hit by that to an extent, but we're already kind of seeing it's unfortunate because the box office return hasn't been amazing so far. Um, and it's sad because this is so good and I want everyone to give it a chance, but I agree. I think the trailers looked okay. Like, I don't think they looked bad, but they didn't look like anything special, you know, like just watching the trailer, yeah. it looked, it kind of looked like, okay, we're coming back to Shrek. Cool. Um, and I know a lot of people are very cynical about something like that and won't give it a chance. So I don't know. Hopefully word of mouth is really strong. It has a wide gap before anything yeah. really directly yeah, competes saying with there's, it. Somebody's saying there wasn't another uh, family film until April. That seems crazy. Yeah, that, I mean, that's absolutely absurd, uh, which I mean, will help Avatar too, I think, because yeah, you know true. people will keep going there. But yeah, so it has a wide open window. If you didn't check it out opening week because you were skeptical, I really, really hope that you know folks run out and you know talk about how much fun they had and how good it was. Mm -hmm. And it's not what you're expecting. And, yeah. it, and it has some nice, I hope it has nine lives at the box office. <laughs> yes, box trust Baby us. Two can it's... be profitable. So can Puss in Boots too, dang it. <laughs> But it, it is, I feel like all of my favorite DreamWorks films are all, were all flops. <laughs> like I love, I love Mr. Peabody and Sherman. I think that movie's so funny. And I, I love Rise of the Guardians. That one was a flop. Like, flop, yeah. They Rachel, don't want me to like their uh, movies. <laughs> yeah, Rachel's the kiss of death, DreamWorks. Yeah. Uh, little did you know, <laughs> if Rachel loves your film, it's the kiss of death. <laughs> But honestly, this might be my favorite. I don't know. It's right up there. It's definitely top five. No question for me as far as DreamWorks films. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely high. Um, I, I'd have to watch them pretty close. I'm like, mm -hmm. is it my favorite of the Shrek franchise? It might be. It might top yeah. that second one for me, uh, which... You know, yeah. I'm trying to get a video together because we talked about it a little bit on the side. Uh, I just am trying to go with what narrative, but... DreamWorks. I mean, Disney should take notes on how to make a sequel. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason, this animation studio, Shrek 2, How to Train Your Dragon 2, Kung Fu Panda 2, this now all added to the mix. Yeah. And even the non-success, even the ones that maybe aren't great, I thought Boss Baby 2 was at least an improvement yeah. over Boss Baby. Uh, so you have stuff like Troll, uh, Trolls 2, you know, divided. Better. And then uh, I agree, better as well. I thought it was better. And yeah. then uh, Crudes 2 is serviceable at least. It's not like yeah. a complete disaster. Like Disney so often jumps off the cliff when it comes to their sequels. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and DreamWorks, for whatever reason, uh, they know how to make yeah, like- it's an interesting not just phenomenon. Sequels, but like- 
you know, all timer sequels yeah. when it comes to something like Shrek 2. Many would argue How to Train Your Dragon 2 is an all timer. I'd say now Puss in Boots certainly mm-hmm. enters that conversation. Yeah. So something that's leaps and bounds. I would say this is probably the most significant uptick um, because mm-hmm. Puss in Boots, as I said, is enjoyable. It's far from the worst in the Shrek franchise. But yeah. wow, this sequel is, uh, to me, leaps above the first Puss in Boots film. Yeah. So agreed. And I never, I actually haven't seen the fourth Shrek movie uh, because I hated Shrek the third so much. Uh, but <laughs> I've heard it's not that bad. But it's uh, better but, than the third. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't take much. I hated that movie. We need um, Rachel to do a full Shrek rewatch. <laughs> including the third all of it she's got to watch them all again we need a retrospective (laughs) but uh but yeah i just thought it was tremendous so it's very exciting so there we go that's the animated films of 2022 i know there's some indies and anime that we didn't cover uh but you can talk about those in the comments if you want uh but uh that was an interesting thing this year the anime was so franchise heavy yeah they were a lot of a lot of the anime releases, at least that we got over yeah. here and that got released, you know, we usually have at least a couple mm-hmm. of like Bell or Your Name or something like yeah. that that breaks through. But this year was a lot of the franchises. Yeah, because they decided not to release the new Makoto Shinkai this year, which I think was very smart. Yeah. Good decision. Wait until next year. Uh, but uh, but it's called Suzume, which I am so hyped for. I cannot wait. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, that that would have been like this year's bell i think yeah. uh but i'm glad that they uh that they didn't they waited and didn't give it an oscar push um, and there was but, a lot of a lot of films in general because bob DeBurgers could kind of fall on that for the american version and then mm. you know we have dragon ball we have my hero academia we have was it there was a what were the other ones that had yeah my, there was one uh what was it it was jai hutsuku or something like that yeah. um anyway that i did see um and that was good what would you say is the best of them the best anime you saw this year mm, let me look at my thing because i have to tell i have to admit i've been horrible and i i don't think i watched a single one <laughs> um i think the best one that i saw was that jujutsu kaisen okay oh, it's called um that was that was really good um our i mean dragon ball was really good as well superhero um those are the only two actually i saw oh okay so but uh but yeah anyway if you have uh others that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about let's talk about it in the comment section uh and uh, how can people find you follow your content larry yeah you can find me on twitter as long as it's still up and flowing over <laughs> at chili boy yt and then on instagram and youtube at chili boy productions and you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, except for Facebook, because they disabled me. <laughs> so don't look there. But uh, but all the rest. And uh, and you can find me on Rotten Tomatoes and also at the Hallmarkies Podcast. And we have Talking Disney every month. It's so much fun. Uh, so check that out. And uh, thanks so much, Larry. This was a lot of fun. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Bye, everybody. Thank you.